This is the Sea Radio Differently podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sea Radio Differently podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode is a look back at Radio Audio Week. Throughout Radio Audio Week, which was stuffed with the biggest industry events, we had our amazing team of Beth, Joel and Liberty backstage speaking to the biggest names in the audio industry. On today's podcast, we're going to hear from Zoe Ball, Greg James, Jordan and Perry from Diversity Plus. We speak with my dad wrote pornos, James and Jamie, and we hear exclusively from Tom Grennan after his performance at the Young Arias, and we hear from Radio Players MD, Mike Hill. It is going to be a jam-packed edition of the podcast, so let's kick things off. Here is Zoe Ball speaking with Liberty at the Radio Festival. I'm Liberty Phelps, and I'm here with Zoe Ball, who just had an absolutely brilliant talk at Radfest 2019. How are you doing? Oh, really good, actually. Yeah, no, Paddy O'Connell is, he's totally my hero. He does Broadcasting House on Radio 4. He's also very, very funny, so he made that a total joy um, to do. It's quite hard to stand on stage and talk about yourself. It's, it's a bit of a weird thing. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, and it's been quite nice preparing to do this, sort of just thinking back to, you know, Radio 1, and which is before you were even alive. And... <laughs> Um, and of all the amazing people that I've got to work with over the years. So, and, and in generally, what is a very exciting time for radio. And um, one of the highlights I took from it was about female empowerment. And I was just wondering, uh, what are, what's the female Paddy ratio? Paddy like? me a coffee. I love him. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Where's mine? <laughs> um, but the um, females in your team, what's that like? What's the ratio like? I've got Chloe and Merrily. They're amazing. I've got lovely Nance who does all the... Yeah, um, it's, it, I have to say, I've always been quite lucky. I've always worked with an am- amazing teams of women, both in production and on air. Um, so it's not something... But I, and also I think I've been very blessed and very lucky that I do believe I've been given jobs because I was the right person for the job, not necessarily because I was a woman. Now this situation might be different with The Breakfast Show, um, but I think there has to be an element, you can't just get a job just because, you know, that's it. but if, if there's women out there who are inspired by women, I mean I've always been inspired by brilliant women in, you know, all the women on Women's Hour, Ready for Lauren, Joe Wiley, um, Annie Nightingale, you know, fantastic women who can kind of thing and, you, you know, lead by example. Fiona Bruce, you know, there's, there's so many brilliant writers and broadcasters and television makers. So yeah, anything to empower other women and support other women is, is, is brilliant. And um, we were talking, well, you were talking, sorry, about who you look up to in the industry. And this is not necessarily who you look down to, but is there anyone who's younger and starting out at the moment who you really admire? Um, Adele on Radio 1. She was She was doing all the stuff when Greg was on his Sport Relief Challenge. And he was out there. It was the best week of radio. I absolutely, I was gripped, tuned in to hearing how he would do. I was doing my Sport Relief Challenge the week after. But Adele helped the four back at, you know, at, at, well, they're not at Wogan House, I don't know which house they're at, but back at Radio 1. And I was just like, she is amazing. There's a lot of the young presenters at Radio 1 and Radio 1 Extra who are coming up through the ranks who are so sassy and funny, my agenda. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're brilliant. And also their music knowledge is great. I've always loved Annie Mack. She, you know, she's genius. And then Sarah. Cox. And uh, you've conquered Radio One, Radio Two. Is there anything next on your list? Any uh, jobs going? That's <laughs> right. I won't be at Radio Four. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm really happy where I'm at, and it's only been four months, so I better, you know, hold tight and fingers crossed, I get to stay. 
switching off to radio on Thursday. <laughs> Always great to hear from a radio legend. Thank you to Zoe Ball for chatting with the team. And whilst they were there, they thought they may as well have a little chat with BBC Radio 1's Greg James. Greg, are you well? I am well. I thought you were. Thank there you. we go. That's really catching on now, isn't it, that? Yes, ridiculously so. And so many big things you've done, the past, the pasty, helping the listener move house, the escape room. What's next? What would you like to do next? I now would like to... We'll do a big event in the summer at some point. We want to bring back a thing that we did last year and do it again, but supersize it. So, and we're always looking out for the next past the past but you can't force those sort of, yeah. <laughs> you can't force past the past <laughs> but you can't you can't just sit down and, go, and sort of retrofit an idea and go it needs to be viral it needs to get people talking because that's that's when you don't come up with anything so we just keep our eyes out for things and whatever makes us laugh really and makes us um, excited and you said in the talk it's about listeners is that your kind of style was that intentional or is that just kind of naturally organically evolved over time do you think for you I feel like that's what all radio should be really so it's just a reminder to us and everyone really that you can't ever forget about your audience because you're dead if you do i think it's kind of always been my style if you if you like because i've always liked listening to that sort of thing where you feel like you're part of the gang but we've i suppose we just evolved it and taken it on a step further where we're literally putting the listeners as the stars of the show um, but not saying famous people aren't welcome we have we have them along this uh, alongside them and I think it's just very important to treat everyone the same. For listeners who don't present, who might be producers, tech ops, how does it feel every day to wake up, the emotions, those butterflies in your stomach? How do you feel at 6.28 knowing you're going on in two minutes? What's that feeling like? I take a deep breath and go, how the fuck am I going to do this today? <laughs> and then by 6.33, I go, I can do this today. But yeah, you have to have that sort of fear and a, a nervous energy and a sort of, but what if it's awful today? because that makes you make sure it's not awful. Chris, how does it feel for you? Is it kind of a nervous energy too? Do you feel the same emotions as Greg? Is it kind of a big team effort? Uh, the team is the crucial thing. And I do feel sorry for colleagues in um, perhaps smaller stations where, especially those early morning shifts, perhaps it is just one presenter. Because the thing that keeps us going is having each other and knowing that if you've got, uh, you know, it's always me, Greg and Will in the studio first thing, all the others are outside sorting various bits. So we have to look at each other, don't we? And if one of us is having a bad day, the chances are the other two aren't. And that's how we do it. And you mentioned the WhatsApp chat. Is that all seven of you? And what's the kind of the ideas? How is it spun in there? How do you kind of bounce off each other and work well as a team? What's the key to that? What's the secret almost? Well, the, there isn't a secret is the crucial thing. It's just totally unfiltered um, <laughs> because... Uh, it should be just everything that's even vaguely for half a second caught your eye and seems like it could be good for the show. And if you have anything in there which makes people think, I've got to work hard, I've got to like write this up, or I've got to turn it into a brilliant pitch, you won't get round to it, you'll forget it, it will go. Mm. Um, so the thing about, we use a WhatsApp group, other people use Google Docs, or you know sometimes it's just a notepad, but you've got to have somewhere where your unfiltered splurge of thoughts just go and get and then and then have a system for grabbing all of those and then turning it into something later in that whatsapp group there's big ideas medium-sized ideas and tiny little throwaway ideas so everything from the next big event that we do over a week someone could go oh i thought about this how about we take two listeners or whatever and then the medium-sized things which could be this is a huge news story we need to do our take on it and the little things which just add to the texture of the show that might just be great over the back of a record that someone I think you sent through the Zara Larson one today which took up 20 seconds on air if that 
where she was watching Game of Thrones, but I said it over the back of Zara Larson because it just makes it feel current and evolving and yeah. re reactive and reflective of the day. So all sorts of stuff. Alan Jones, head of programmes at Radio 1. How does Greg show and the team, how does that fit into your wider station strategy? I've caught you off guard, I'm sorry. Uh, really have. Don't want to leave you out, though. I've got questions. His agent's here. Greg's his agent here. <laughs> uh, the Breakfast Show is the shop front window for what you stand for and what you do. And Greg does that amazingly. The Breakfast Show is everything we wanted to be. Greg, best moment so far for you? You doorstepping Alid just then. <laughs> I think the best moment was that first morning of all of us. There was a moment where I'd, I, I hoped I would be able to do it and launch into the show and be fluent and excited and make sense. And I listened back to it and I was. And we finished that first link and we all just sort of had a group hug because I was just, we were all just a mess. But there was an amazing sort of wash of calm which just floated through the room at that moment when we went on air and it was really something I'll never forget. A big thanks to Greg and the team. Uh, now, time to hear from one of our Tuning In 2019 speakers. This man knows more about the radio industry than pretty much anyone else we know here at Radio Centre. He is the man behind the radio player and he's here to tell us all about the future of radio. It's Michael Hill. I'm here with Mike Hill, MD of Radio Player, and you've just spoke at Radio Centre's Tuning In conference. Can you give us a brief summary of what you spoke about? Well, it talks about what radio players focusing on as our top priority right now, which is defending the dashboard. In other words, in these new connected cars which are coming with touchscreens, there are many entertainment options like Spotify and Apple Music coming into the dashboard. How does radio stay strong in a space that has historically been between a quarter and a half of all listening, depending on which country you're in? And was that always the, going to be the main focus for Radio Player to target cars, or is that something that's just come up as a result of investigation? No, it's a uh, good point. Actually, one, one thing Radio Player's always been great at is adapting quickly to whatever is the strategic challenge for radio. So when we launched, actually, in 2011, it wasn't cars at all. It was um, players like web players, and then after that, apps, trying to make radio findable, discoverable, um, easy to listen to in those spaces. Now we're switching more from that kind of B2C product-focused approach, building things like players, over to a more of a B2B kind of conversations with car companies and big technology platforms about things like keeping radio strong in car. So it's, it's a new uh, departure for us, but it's based on our role, which is to address the technical challenges facing radio. And what was it that brought about the creation of Radio Player in the first place? So that was back in 2010, actually. There was a kind of alignment of the planets where the BBC, a very visionary um, director of radio at the BBC called Tim Davey, knew that, uh, he used to say, all boats rise in the tide. In other words, what we need to do is work together across the radio industry to make things like streaming radio much easier. And by back then, actually, streaming radio was only 2% of all radio listening. Today, it's 10%. And actually, that was pre-mobile boom, pre-tablet boom, pre-app boom. So we're talking about streaming radio on computers, desktops with browsers, players, and that sort of stuff. And many of those didn't work very well. So our first thing was, how can we make radio easier to find and easier to play in a browser player on your PC? And so you went off from the BBC and kind of came and created Radio Player on your own. What gave you the drive to do that? 
Oh, good question. Oh, whatever leads us anywhere in our lives. Um, I actually went via Channel 4. So I left the BBC to join Channel 4 and launched them into digital radio. Um, and for various reasons connected with the global recession hitting the advertising market, Channel 4 decided to pull back from digital radio after I joined them. So I found myself thinking, well, what am I going to do next? Uh, and yes, I did have all these kind of decades of experience at the BBC and... I therefore knew lots of people at the BBC, so I knew that these conversations were happening about how to work across the industry. And I thought, that sounds like fun. That sounds like something I really want to do. So I kind of pitched the idea of Radio Player to Tim Davey and to his top team in the BBC. And then, having kind of put some more sort of skin on the bones, I took that to the big bosses of commercial radio. And amazingly, you know, we managed to get something going and we're still here today doing good stuff. And how do those skills that you learn at the BBC and from your time at Channel 4 serve you in doing what you're doing now? Well, I think it's all about knowing what makes radio brilliant as a content model. So at the BBC, I was a journalist and then I ran radio stations and I was deep into how people consume radio and how we can get people listening to more of it. So what I've done is I've taken that understanding of radio as a content model into this digital job so I'm not just treating it as if you like anonymized kind of content like some aggregation uh, platforms do it's not just a load of stuff that we're going to list I know people who listen to radio have a very deep emotional connection with the brands and the broadcasters and the programs that they listen to so we are deeply respectful of that connection when we build radio play and finally what do you envision for the future of radio Wow, okay. So I think um, the radio content model, in other words, crafted audio with a human connection, whether it's what we call a podcast or whether it's what we call a radio station, I think that is absolutely as strong as it ever has been and will continue to be strong into the future. What will change is the way that people get hold of that stuff. So, you know, it's often said that if content is king, distribution is queen. What that means is we've got to get both right, really in order to be um, on our game. So that's why Radio Player and other great uh, associations across the radio industry are working hard to keep that brilliant radio content in all the spaces that people are living. So I think if we can do that, radio's got a very bright future. Sounds very promising and it's great to get your thoughts. Thank you. No worries, thank you. Many thanks to Michael Hill. Now time to speak with another one of our Tuning In 2019 speakers. These guys are not only dance superstars, you don't just watch them on Britain's Got Talent, you also hear them on your weekend evenings on KISS. And they popped along to Tuning In to chat about the new show as well as their signature dance moves. Beth, Joel and Liberty caught up with Jordan Banjo and Perry Keeley. All right, I'm here with Jordan and Perry. You just talked on stage, you were talking a lot about authenticity. Do you think having your background working together for so long has really helped you guys bond? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say, that Pell said it when we was just, we was just chatting out there, uh, there's no exaggeration. I spend every single day with Pell. If we're not rehearsing or at Kiss or filming something, then we're just chilling, you know. Pell, I think my son likes Pell more than he likes me. To be honest. <laughs> he gets really happy when he sees Pell. So, <laughs> yeah. And how do you cope with being a dad? You know, dancing, a radio presenter. I think it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Perry. You can um, do all the fun stuff, though, yeah, that's and then just turn him to his dad. I've got the uncle duties, yeah. and then when he cries, <laughs> that's, that's, that's literally what he does. Yeah. That's literally yeah, yeah. what Pell does. But I feel like it's just um, for us, it's been, it's kind of been that way for as long as we can remember. 
um, you know, whether we're on tour, whether it is, you know, Kiss is just, you know, another thing that we add on to it. Uh, I would definitely say the biggest challenge is obviously having having my little boy as well now. Um, because it sort of makes your priorities shift. I can't just be like, oh, we'll stay out till two to rehearse. You know, I have to get home, I have to look after him and, uh, you know, make sure I'm there. So it's definitely more of a challenge now, but you just got to juggle things right. And, you know, when things are important, you make the time, right? And do you think uh, the confidence that you build being a dancer, being on stage, you know, Britain's Got Talent has really helped you in the studio, you know, not getting a dry mouth? Definitely. I mean, there's, there's not anything I don't get nervous for, but before dancing and meeting the boys, I was like, the most shy and nervous person ever. <clears throat> so being with the boys has like already helped my confidence. And I, I, I think without them and without performing around the world, it would, it would, I don't think I'd be able to do what we're doing today, to be honest. When, when I first met Pell, I would say for the first two years, about two years, mm -hmm. literally didn't speak to me. So he used to come to my brother's dance class, Ashley's one. Yep. That's that's right. Right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we'd be in class, and every time Pell would do something sick, like land a sick flip or dance a bit of choreo really well, I'd be like, bro, that was so sick. And he'd just go, mm hmm. And I'd walk, literally, yeah. for the first two years, just did not speak. Now I can't shut him up, okay? So uh, we're on the radio show, he always blabbers on. So, guys, help me out, you know, let's rewind time a little bit. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> so, what was that point where that, that relationship changed and you did start to get a lot closer? Do you know what? I feel, I feel like it went from zero to a hundred. Yeah, it literally I feel like it went did. from not talking yeah. to then just every day with you, chatting, and now you're pretty much my brother. It is a bit strange because even though there's only three years between us, Pell, obviously until until he was about 17, 18, looked really small. So, but, so because we were <laughs> together every day. Like, right, yeah, yeah, all right, cheers. cheers. But, you know, so because like six, you know, like 17 and 14, you know, like it's not a huge age gap to be free, especially when you're spending like every day with each other. But the problem was where I've been six foot five since I was about 11 and Pell was about three foot two till he was about <laughs> like six, 17, 18. I just look like this weird guy walking around with a kid all the time. Yeah. So even when I was like 21, I was walking around like, yeah, it's my best friend. He looks 12, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so straight. Nothing now, going on here. Now it looks all right when we walk down the street. No, it's so fine. Now I don't look like his it. uncle. It's all good. Yeah. So been so close on the radio, you know, it's kind of like we've been invited as part of your group almost. We're kind of part of the group. How important is it that the listeners feel a part of your friendship and how do you try and bring that energy to your show every week? I think that's a good one. That is a really good one. I feel like because we feel what we're talking about is so genuine, we feel like it would. That's how a, a conversation between loads of people would be. Do you know what I mean? And, you know yeah. and I feel like we're all kind of linked out. So you take like social media, for example. I feel like we're all when I say influenced by it. Like if there's a point of you know, an episode of Game of Thrones that you watch, everyone's chatting about it. You will then have a chat about it in yeah. real life. No spoilers, please. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. So when when we're watching the thing and then we come on to whatever it be, whether you've seen a meme or you've seen something go viral, that's something what we end up chatting about on yeah. the show. And also we're like. The, our normal environment is being with a big group of people like Pell said it's not just me and Pell it's like all 10 of us boys there it's kind of like me Pell we're chatting 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 and then you can just kind of you just feel like there's other people there yeah. so it kind of just comes across like that I think that's all thank you very much thank thanks you so much a big thanks to the amazingly talented Jordan and Perry now uh, moving on to another one of Radio Audio Week's big events. It was the Young Arias. It was an amazing afternoon where we saw several hundred young audio talents come to the BBC Radio Theatre uh, and basically have their talent recognised. It was amazing and it was capped off with a fantastic performance from singer-songwriter Tom Grennan. After he performed, Beth had a chat with him backstage. I'm here with Tom Grennan. 
Am I incorrect, or was Matt Edmondson just doing some magic tricks for you? Matt Edmondson is the king of magic. He's just in. He's in the circle. I want to be in it. But uh, ever since I've known Matt, he's pulled out a magic trick. So it's like tradition now that he pulls one out and uh, always blows my mind. So yeah, he did just do a magic trick for me, and it was wicked. And did he teach you it? What was it? Nah. A magician never reveals his secrets. Well, how will you ever match him and be in the magic circle? Well, I won't. That's just not my talent, isn't it? (laughs) Maybe if you keep practising, then instead of just doing gigs, you can also start doing magic on stage. I would love to. If I wasn't a magician, I'd be... No, if I wasn't a musician, I'd um, try to... Or want to be a musician. I'd try to be a magician. Fair enough. The thing is, it doesn't really translate onto the radio, does it? It's not the... Nah, unless you've got a good voice, like talking voice and like I don't know that's what video cameras for isn't it you just put it on, talk to the talk, talk to the radio and then put it on YouTube exactly and you just performed at today's Young Arias Award mm. how was it a lot of high pitched screams yeah it was fun it was uh, did three songs it was nice I always get nervous at these things because like yeah you don't know how it's going to be um, like taken in but it, people people seem to love it so it's cool Good, nothing to be nervous about at all then. No, no, no. And what made you want to come and do these awards? Uh, it was just young talent and it's important for young people to, to be recognised for their talents and I think, yeah, like I'm still 22, I'm 23, but like the youth are the most important, so yeah, and for their talents to be expressed and and to be and to be noticed is amazing. So yeah, I thought it was important for just me to, I don't know if if I can be any sort of a role model, then 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 cool. Um, but yeah, it's nice. And you're quite a rising star yourself. Mm. You're quite new to the music industry. What? How did you get into music? I just kind of fell into it randomly, but then just loved it, and I I believed that I had I had a, had a different talent, so I just pursued it, and and I'm still pursuing it now. So yeah, it's um. Yeah, something that just happened randomly, but then when I knew that I wanted it, I, want, I was like, I put it into the atmosphere that I, that I was going to do it, and here we are today. And how important has radio been in your career so far? Mm, massively. Um, like, I, I'm a massive listener of radio, like, in the car and stuff, and, like, just shows you how many people are, like, listening to the radio and from all over the world, do you know what I mean? Um, and, like, you get so many p- different people listening to to the show and then you gain a new fan and then and then yeah radio is just it's so important and I actually saw you before on does Matt Edmondson have a scooter here yeah he has a Matt Edmondson's the most wickedest man ever I love him so much he's the most random guy ever and I love it you look like you were about to scoot off on it to be honest yeah it had some like hydraulics and stuff on it it's proper bad man I loved it you need to get yourself on I think I probably should yeah thanks very much thanks, Tom no problem the super talented Tom Grennan chatting with Beth right there. Uh, right, we have one final interview, and this was from the last of Radio Audio Week's big events. It was the British Podcast Awards, and here from one of the biggest British podcasts, my dad wrote a porno, is James and Jamie. James and Jamie, podcast champions 2019. How does it feel? I'm honestly emotional. Michael Sheen came out, and we were like, what the f- is what sorry <laughs> Michael it's not our podcast now Michael Sheen came out and I was like what the hell is he doing here why is he here and then he started talking and I think we all were like well he immediately oh, was like when Jamie God. got a book well, it started with a book and I was like oh my god 
I'm gonna yeah. Go yeah, well, the fact that like he came, he flew in from New York to do this for us, it's just so so lovely. He is the nicest man in the whole world, and yeah, it's so nice that he came in to do this, and such a like nice surprise. Like we honestly had literally no idea, really? as you could probably tell by the speech we gave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish they'd have given us a heads up. We could have actually prepared something nice and concise and other words that rhyme with that. No, I like it. I prefer off the cuff. It's fun. You know? Yeah, but it was terrible. Um, I literally got pulled off the stage. I know. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone else did tonight, actually. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm honestly just so, so happy for my dad because this all started with my dad and, and the fact that he's his, his name is on the award and it's just, it's so lovely. And, yeah, I, to be embraced by this community that we are really, really passionate about and we talk about British broadcasting everywhere we go, all over the world, whenever people talk about our show, we always say, well, it's not just our show. There's so many shows in, in the UK that are brilliant um, and for that community to kind of give us this is it's really emotional and that's what I was trying to say on stage just just that we're really proud to be a part of it and maybe I know we're one of the more prominent ones but hopefully we're bringing eyes to the general community and all the amazing podcasts out there and what I wish there was more of and hopefully there will be because of events like this is more of a community where like we all know each other and we all hang out because we all have the same passion and everyone's like super talented and like even hearing that people have like production values on their shows we rock up and just like record of an evening that is not true so much, <laughs> we are very 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 professional so much, secret, yeah. so much preparation so much work so much love goes into all these podcasts and they deserve to be celebrated and we're really proud to be part of that What's next? I mean, you've got HBO. That's a massive deal. What is next for you guys? Have you got the new series recorded? Is that in the yes. works? Um, it's, oh, not no, it's not recorded. It's been nearly recorded. Um, no, so yeah, we have a new series that's going to be coming out later this year. Um, and then other exciting things in the future that we can't quite talk about yet, but hopefully we'll be announcing very soon. Yeah, and we... I mean, for us, the podcast is always the thing. The podcast is the thing that people love and the podcast has got us to where we are so we're really excited to get back around the kitchen table and start recording again. and it, it is the thing that we love doing more than anything else I think but just when it's just the three of us reading dad's book with a few bottles of wine in our kitchen like you say like that that is the most fun and the fact that people still want to hear about Belinda is is really lovely I'm so excited to see where this goes in this award goes in Rocky's shrine because yeah, uh... Rocky's literally got like People send him stuff. Like he's just got this whole like area that he collects all the porno stuff. So this will be a private place, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean the pavilion won't know what's hidden. <laughs> and how are you guys going to be celebrating tonight? I am well on my way to getting absolutely shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am well on my way to getting absolutely out of my face happy. Yeah, we did James some pre-celebrating before the awards. Uh, so we're we're. I'm just going to continue that. That is all we've got time for. It was a jam-packed Radio Audio Week, as this podcast probably proves. It will be back next year. It's going to be bigger and better. Do get in touch if you have any events you would like to be featured in Radio Audio Week. Um, we'll be back with another episode of the Sea Radio Differently podcast very soon. But for now, thanks for listening. This is the Sea Radio Differently podcast. <laughs>